Sir, we're approaching a podcast. It's part of the Legion Academy Collective called Dice Time. That's it. Bob Swaim and Ben Jetrin are there. Uh, my lord, there are several Star Wars Legion podcasts. It, it could be any number- That is the one. Admiral, set your course for Dice Time. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Dice Time. I'm Ben Jetrin. And I'm Bob Swain, coming to you from the same undisclosed location that I was last time. We are actually, well, I don't know if it's the same undisclosed location. We're actually outside of the uh, game store here on Batuu. How did you get us here so quickly? Oh, you know, the ship. It's a piece of junk. Uh, It's a a fast ship. (sighs) We're, we're outside. outside the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, we're at the. There's so many game stores in in the universe here. The, oh, we're at the Atomic uh, Falcon. I love this place. Doesn't this guy owe us some cards or something? Yep, we placed an order for some uh, for some Sabat cards because uh, uh, I. Oh, you keep played, losing. I played some That's last why. night. I played some last night and I uh, did not do well. And I'm hoping for some. Uh, for some uh, genuine custom quality cards, if you know what I'm saying. So, so he's going to make you mark cards? No, no, don't say that. Don't don't say that on. No, with like that that hula girl on the back of it, you know, mark. Yeah, the yes, that's that's what we're that's, going for. Just it's a it's a custom design. That's pretty awesome. All right. Anyway, uh, I'm going to deal I, with that. I, I think I see somebody over here uh, that I need to go talk to. You remember Paul Watson? Oh, yeah. We talked to him like two days ago when he beat oh, up on you. Oh, is that Paul? Why is Paul here? I don't okay, know. Well, go I don't know. You go, yeah, go, go say hi, and then uh, I'll, go, I'll go get the order, and I'll, uh, I'll come back. So, Mr. Watson, how's it going? How are you doing, you old pirate? So good yeah, to see that's you. What we, yeah, good to see you, too. It's only been, what, two days? Uh, that was a great game you got, you played there. That was a lot of fun. Congratulations on your win at uh, Atomic Games there. Why is every place named Atomic here? That's very weird. You know, you, you know Ben's over there. He's, he's picking up an order of some uh, custom cards he had made. Yeah, I... It's it's been you know such a long time since I've seen him. Ben, get your butt over here. Watson wants to kick your butt again. Oh, hey Paul, what's up? Hey, how's it going? You ready oh. for you know another beatdown? Oh yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, maybe with these Sabat cards once they're uh, once they're done. The guy's not actually done. No, he doesn't actually have them done because some uh, some scruffy looking nerd herder picked up the wrong order this morning, so he's actually got to make more in the back right now. Jesus. Uh, well, at least we can sit around and talk to Paul, right? That's always fun. Yeah. Although the guy did give me this flyer here. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. Check this out. It's a flyer for Friday Night Fights. It's Ooh, the I love uh, Friday Night Fights on the big screen. Yeah. yeah it's the uh, it's a Legion Academy. If you've, if if uh, y'all haven't heard their podcast, you have to go check them out. They're uh, y'all. Are you Southern guys now? What are you doing? We live in the Midwest, Bob. Yeah, there is no you all here, though. We li- we uh, or sorry, we live in we live in wild space, okay. <laughs> but we, uh, if anyone hasn't checked out their podcast, uh, Legion Academy yet, go check them out. They do a live stream show every Tuesday, and then they do an awesome Friday night fights game. They live stream a game on on their YouTube channel at Legion Academy. If you're listening to this on YouTube, then you're already on the right channel. 
But uh, they do awesome games. If you're listening to this the week that this episode is dropped, you just missed their Halloween special that they did Friday. Go back and watch that because it's awesome. It's going to be I, very cool. Well, it already was. It already was, was very Yeah, cool. it was already cool. That is right. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Did you see that game? Great. Awesome. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that was hot. Don't forget to also check out their Patreon. They do some really awesome stuff. They give out some acrylic tokens and different little gifts. They actually just announced that they were doing some, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Bob, but they're doing yeah. some, so they're doing some custom like Mandalorian silhouettes this month, which are going to be really awesome. Those look really cool. They're going to do them in green and yellow for the Mandalorian uh, symbol. The, the, what is that thing? A Mygasaurus? Minosaurus? The, the Mythosaur. Yeah, that thing. And then they're doing a, uh, the, the, the Mudhorn also on a brown. I don't, remember exactly what color the, the mudhorn I think it was going to be black or something but they looked really good they they didn't really have them done but they showed us the uh the acrylic plates and they looked really 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 neat that's out Super. on the patreon all right well uh Paul why don't while we have you here I'm just gonna put this put this flyer in my pocket uh right. yeah yeah out of the millions of episodes that dice time has done millions. I don't think we've had Paul Watson on the show before Paul for anyone who hasn't heard of you before or hasn't seen you on uh, any of the other podcasts, would you kindly just briefly give us a little introduction as to the great Legion hipster himself, Paul Watson? Sure, sure. Well, I guess, uh, I guess to start, I, you know, everything you guys have heard about me is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. I, I did start playing Legion right away at the beginning. Um, I've been waiting for this game forever. Yeah. Um, wait for someone to do it. I used to play the old Wizards of the Coast um, Star Wars miniatures game um, that they came out with. I have a whole bucket load of those miniatures. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that game. That game actually got me into this game because I sold a bunch of those guys to get my pieces to start Legion. Ab- so. Absolutely. I mean, it, I liked the game. I enjoyed it. Um it wasn't quite what I wanted from a, a tabletop miniatures game. Like, I wanted more of what Legion offers. Um, and so when they came out with it, I was like, oh, absolutely, I'm jumping on board with that. Um, one of the other games I play is uh, the Games Workshop Lord of the Rings game and have enjoyed that one a lot, too. So when they did Star Wars, I was like, yep, I'm I'm on board. <laughs> uh, so I actually started playing... Um, events for Legion right away at the beginning. The, uh, at Adepticon, they had a couple of skirmish events. Actually, uh, the first, you know, the first couple days of Adepticon, there we played. Um, I actually won both of those events pretty early on. It was there wasn't a whole lot available then, it, and honestly, I've been playing about the same list with the same kind of stuff for the majority of my, I guess, Legion playing career. Um, and whether I switch factions or not, it tends to be pretty similar. I really enjoy support units, um, especially Rebel ATRTs has been um, my kind of go-to for a long time. That's, um, I think, the uh, also the list that kind of gave me that uh, hipster title, which I will <laughs> say I wasn't the first one to be running... Um, ATRTs like that. There was another uh, gentleman that um, I think he's from the Chicago area that also ran them pretty early from the beginning. But yeah, I just I love the support units. Uh, I played RTs for a lot for Rebels when clones came out. I 
did a triple bark speeder list for quite some time. Um, and was pretty successful with it. I just I find those support units really fun to play. And you're one of the few people that I I, I know that can play the, those those clones bikes because everybody I've ever played against cannot keep them to where they're turned around the right way or they can't get get you in the right arc or they run into stuff because of the movements and trying to get them through holes and to do all kinds of stuff with them. So it's interesting to watch you play those because it's like, man, never seen anybody use those. What's he thinking? And then you just basically breeze them through and kick the butt you know, of everything that you shoot at and you get them in perfect position. And like every game is really fun to watch what you can do with pieces that a lot of people, you know, ignore like, like the speeders. Everybody's like, Oh yeah, these are great. No, they're not. They suck. And then you come through and just, just wallop people with them and you go, Oh, okay. Give it a second look yeah i think it's definitely one of those things i think one of the reasons that i was able to get their movement down pretty well is they're actually on the same base size as the atrts and so i was used to using atrts and you know doing even just doing a full move with an atrt it's the same as doing a full move you know the speed two move if you have the sidecar on with the the barks and so i was familiar with how far that typically is you know, can I get around the corner of this building to get a clear shot, or do I need to take a kind of a wider approach on it? Um, those kinds of things. So I think that did help me in not crashing into things as much <laughs> um, with them, because it is it is a skill that if you're using a repulsor vehicle, you definitely have to to have down is making sure you don't crash onto things. And and I will say too that. By the time Barks came out, I believe it was a little more forgiving because I think they had changed the repulsor vehicle rules right around that time where they didn't have to be completely flat and they could be at that, like, 45-degree angle, um, their base or whatever. I believe that's around the time that it came out. But I think it was, too. Yeah, that sounds about right. One of the biggest challenges with those units is also one of, I think, the greatest things about them. One of the things I loved about the bark speeders and playing them is the fact that I get to move, put myself into position to have a good shot on you, and I still get to aim and shoot at you. Exactly. So, you know, that's that's the bonus of those like repulsor vehicles and if you can if you can get good with them, they I mean they're definitely useful and they definitely have a place in these objective games where, you know, a 6x3 table is a lot, but when you have a speed even 2 or especially a speed three repulsor vehicle, it can get all the way across that table in a turn. It's not. Bottom, it's not too bottom line. Bottom line. Paul can. Paul. Paul knows these support units, and Paul will take those models that you're not putting on the board and show you why you should be putting them on the board. Yeah, I think. Bottom line. <laughs> to, to go along with that comment, I think not just in this game, but in all games that I play. I, I guess that's why the hipster-like thing kind of sticks. Um, someone in the community called me that when I won with the RTs, and it just yeah. kind of has stuck since then. But, I mean, to be fair, that is kind of my MO, is that you tell me what the meta list is, and I'm going to say, yeah, but, but what but if I this throw out. this at you? Like, what are you going to do about that? I got um, to... I got to organically watch the process when we were playing squadrons. When we were when <laughs> yes. we were playing together and we were and we were like throwing ourselves at the wall just trying to see what stuck. And then you were just like, who's and he and you were just like, what is this ion gun? And I was like, oh yeah, like nobody's I, I don't really see anybody using that because it's like 
you're not you're not always like shooting at you know shields and whatnot, and I think it's meant for fleet battles or whatever. But you know, it can be it can be kind of cool if you like can maybe stun someone for a second. And Paul was just like, I'm just gonna try that because you know I'm you know I'm I'm losing anyway. Let's just try something different and maybe it'll work. And the next round, we just went through and systematically destroyed the entire team because Paul was just ionizing everybody, and then the rest of us would just swoop behind him and just take dudes out that were just floating in space. And it was just like, Paul, you took the thing that no one's using in these battles, and you turned it into an effective weapon and won us the game. I literally just watched the Paul Watson process happen in front of me. Yeah, I definitely like to take something and just push it to its absolute extreme and <laughs> see if it can be useful or not. And that was, yeah, I remember that that game, and it was just... I was having so much fun because I was like... Not only am I using the ion weapon, but I also switched my missiles over to ion missiles. Oh, so everything yeah. I hit was just going slow and yeah. not being able to get away from you guys. Because I was like, I am not good at this dogfight game right now. So let yeah. me see what I can do to be helpful for my team. Yeah, it's that that process to me I really enjoy is finding things that, you know, when you play it, people are like, what the heck is going on here? You know, um I played Star Wars Destiny card game um, by FFG, and that was one of the things I love to do, do too, is play cards, and people are like, what? Like, no one yeah. plays that. <laughs> like, well, it just killed your character. So, yep. surprise, I found out how it works. So, we had we had some real fun with our uh, with our last couple, we, we for the last few months at uh, Atomic Games, not Atomic Falcon. At Atomic Games, we've been playing a uh, 500-point Star Wars Legion skirmish mode, and uh, I was only able to make it to the uh, back two months, but uh, we had a blast. It's a really good time. We've had good turnout. Um, everybody's been happy because the games are a little bit quicker. Um, every, we get in three games instead of two like we usually do with 800s because it takes up so much time and setup. But, uh, yeah, that seemed to got a good good report from everybody that really liked them. I think we're going to go back to 800 probably in November just, just to change things up. And I'm sure everybody wants to get their toys out and play with them and uh, all the new stuff and, and this and that. But uh, what do you think, Paul, about, about skirmish and stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you touched on a lot of really good points. I, I like if I'm traveling down there that I get to play three games. It's not that long for me, but it is a couple hours for me round trip. Um, three hours round trip, I think. Um, but it's nice to get in a few games. It's nice to play different people. Um, if I do happen to play against one of the guys that I came with, like rode down with, it doesn't take up half of the day. It's like, okay, here's a quick little hour game, then I can get to the next person that I haven't played, you know, I try or to don't play locally. <laughs> I try to put you guys in the computer so you don't play your own guys, but sometimes it just works out that way, depending on strength or your MOV and your strength schedule and all that good fun stuff. It, uh, you know, if you're the best and they're the best, then I gotta put you guys together, so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so some of that is unavoidable, but skirmish just allows you to play a game and move on, even if you're playing someone that <laughs> you've played a bunch of times. It's it's not as bad as, okay, well, here now I have a three-hour game with someone that I could have just played at home with. <laughs> so I think in uh, as far as skirmish goes, as a game mode, it is, for any of you that are unfamiliar that haven't played it, instead of an 800-point standard game, it is a 500-point uh, smaller table, as opposed to a 6x3, it is a 3x3, and you have a different list-building... Uh, 
you have a different list building restriction. You have, you can only have one commander, you know, you can only have one operative, or up to one operative. Uh, you can only have two to four core units, as opposed to you three to, to six. Two, yeah, you have to have yeah, two, two to four. Two to four. Two to yep. four. And yeah, so different list building restrictions and that sort of thing. Uh, and it's, it's super fun. Like I said, we've been playing it at the atomic store for, at, I guess I can't say that we're at two different atomic stores. We're at atomic games in Muncie, Indiana, best place to play Legion. It is been three months, the past three months we've been doing skirmish events just cause it's fun. And, uh, I think there's, I think there's three like major things, major pros to skirmish that I'd like to touch on. The, the well, first one. Well, I'm glad you asked. The first one is that I believe that that it is a quicker version of the game, and that is like a quicker, faster, smaller version of Legion. Which I mean, some people could see as a con, but I also see, but I I see as a pro as well. You know, it's it's less setup, it's less teardown, it's less turns, and it's less activations. If you don't feel like you have a whole block of time, like to 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 decide for a full game. It's only one round shorter, but that time goes a lot quicker because you've only got an hour and 15 minutes. You lose 45 minutes out of it. So you, you can't just sit back and go, oh, I'm going to wait till, till round four or five to do something. No, you've got to get in there. Um, people are on you a lot quicker. You don't have that. Uh, one of the uh, condition cards is day or dawn. So it's the only card you get a uh, range two ban on the first round. But after that, it's, it's all opened up. So your snipers and everybody can go to round two. So that gives you that first round kind of like a, the, the, the card in the big game that, that gives you a couple of rounds to get set up. This gives you one round. So you better be in position when round two comes around because most likely somebody's going to be shooting at you because you're that close. A lot less terrain to hide behind. Um, but yeah, it, it makes it a lot quicker and a lot, lot cleaner, uh, cause it's, it's, it's over very quickly. I've seen games run 15, 20 minutes because it's that bloody sometimes. And I've seen them go to right out an hour and 15 and it comes down to maybe one unit being killed and that, that wins the game for you because everybody played strategically. On, a, on some boards you can, you can hide and, but most boards they're gonna get to you, especially if you've got a force user. Uh, Paul will touch on that here in a little bit, but they're gonna get in your face and you're gonna have to, to deal with it and, and no matter what you got, you know, a force user with a lightsaber is gonna be, be messing you up no matter how good your rolls are. Um, there's gonna be that point to where they're just gonna get a better roll and take you. I don't wanna jump the gun too much or maybe this is a good segue for you, but I think kind of that like barrier of entry is nice about 500 points too. If you got a core set like with your buddy, you could you could play skirmish right out of a core set, and it'd be an okay game. Point number two: it serves as a great demo game. Less less to manage, smaller table. You can you can easily fit it on most tables, and it serves as a great way to learn the game. If you just bought the core and you de- and you just bought a core box and maybe a unit or two, and you just want to learn the game. We actually did that with um, one of the guys I was teaching. We had six people show up to play the tournament, and then I had a, I had four, I would call them newbies, um, people just learning. One guy had a little bit of good knowledge, and then uh, the store owner, Slade, Slade Smith, was playing. He, he knows how to play. Um, we were teaching his two daughters how to play. Um, but we had a guy show up who actually had a core set, and he was playing some droids. And all they had to buy was one set of the... Uh, the commando droids, and they had a full team to go. And, man, that dude knew what he was doing because he was tearing up everybody he was playing with those droids. 
Yeah, just to add to that, I think, you know, I said if you bought a core set, you could play right out of the box. I think the only faction that's a little low on points right out of the box is actually the droid faction, just because their core units are so cheap. It's not by much if you really max out the upgrades on everything else, but it's still a little shy. You really need one, like like Bob said, one more box of something, and it could be just about anything. Another core unit, uh, another support unit, uh, a special forces unit, whatever you want to do, just kind of toss in there. Going on Cad Bane. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> I, played a, I played a game against a guy with a Cad Bane and a Grievous, and the rest of it, he had one one of the commando snipers or something out of it, and then a couple of uh, regular droid units. And uh, it was, yeah, it was a hard team. It was good. He set up poorly. Sorry, Chris. But um, he set up Cad Bane in the wrong place and got him smoked pretty quick. You, but you already ragged on him for this last I know. Game, I, so. I'm ragging on him again because he did show up to play this week. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to give him a pro in this episode when we talk about lists later. There we go. But it was awesome. It was a beautiful list. And, and he actually, honestly, I think Cad Bane and, and the sniper unit were not in the starter, of course. But it was an easy list to build. He got it all together. And, and he did very well with it. I think I was his only loss. And uh, It was a good list. Yeah. It was a great list. He he played. I can't it wait well. till we get generic commander to make him because I know that him and me love Cad Bane and we want to make Cad Bane the star of our list. Exactly. Paul, have you had any uh, experience bringing anyone into the game or anything with uh with the uh, with skirmish? Um. So in uh, my local store uh, in my area, that was one of the things that we did once um, Clone Wars hit is we did a 500-point event because it was really easy for those of us who had been playing for a long time to bring whatever we wanted, whether it was going to be the same faction we always played or if we wanted to dabble into one of the you know new factions. Plus, there was a lot of people in our area that were really interested in Clone Wars and wanted to jump in, um, and that was a good way to kind of introduce them to the... Kind of competitive scene, but again, 500 just seems, I guess, so much less competitive in my mind, even though the games can be just as tight and sometimes oh, yeah. even more tight and competitive than the 800-point ones. Um, it just, I don't know, it seems more relaxing to me uh, to play at 500 points rather than 800. It just, to me, I feel like in the 800-point game, there's a lot of pressure in the first couple of turns. And you can make some big mistakes early that really is really hard to climb out of in 800 points. Whereas, I, I don't. I guess I just haven't run into that as much in 500. Um, like for instance, when we played the this past weekend, um, one of my opponents, I turn one, I lost. Uh, I was playing Rebels and I lost my ATRT and a Mark II. Um, veteran, you know, detachment, and I was down two of my six activations on turn one, and hadn't killed anything of my opponents, and I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't think I can come back from this, (laughs) Um, and and it really wasn't that bad, like, I was able to catch back up and ended up winning that game, Um, it was, but it was, it was a close game, it just, it's interesting how, I, I think it, the action comes a lot quicker, but you don't have to be as precise in where you go the first round as 800 points. 
Yeah, I also was using the game, uh, like, like skirmish mode to, uh, bring a lot of people into the game. Uh, I've brought, or I, I've brought my, like, one of my roommates who wanted to get, he was like, I'll play Legion as soon as droids come out. Uh, and I had another guy who's a friend of ours who comes down and he doesn't really play, he doesn't really get to play a lot of, like, miniatures games. He plays, like, D&D and stuff, but, like, with us all the time, but he's never really played, like, Warhammer or any, or any game equivalent to that, and he was really like, yeah, we we were like, come on, man, you want to play? And he was just like, ah, man, like I can't afford it right now, and I can't really uh, play with, or I don't have anywhere to to store all that stuff or or paint it or anything. I can't really get into it right now. And I was like, well, you can just borrow our stuff if you just want to play it and like see what you think. If you really love it, maybe maybe give it a shot. And he was like, yeah, okay. And so he like told me like what I've been. I've been idiotically collecting all four factions. So I was just like, tell me like whatever you want and I'll, and we can make the list for you. And he ended up making a, a Vader skirmish list with uh, like a sniper and some other, some stormtroopers to, to support him. And it was a, it was a really fun game. Uh, we had, and, and I, and I made a Luke mirror so that we had a classic like Luke and Vader, Vader clash. I've also brought the game to, uh, uh, my local game store and like set up a little skirmish game and then just, you know, would, would tell people like, Hey, come on down. If you want to learn Legion, like I've already got everything all set up. You just have to walk up to the table and be ready to play. And you know, people have really enjoyed that. I also, uh, gave my, my girlfriend Trista the, the introduction to the game on skirmish, because like we said, it's just such an easy, less to manage than the full game game mode. And uh, I, she's actually gotten too good at it because I can't even beat her now. I was gonna say she's beat you both games that, that, yeah. that she played. So at, at the store, at least, yep. she's actually came in higher ranking than, than Ben has. Yeah, literally, she's 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 come in one or two places above me in the past two skirmish events, and I was like, ah, come on. <laughs> but you guys got a really I've, cool cup this time. So since you didn't yep. get one the last time, so. I did get a cool cup this time for being for being fifth. <laughs> out of six people. <laughs> Anywho, uh, the third the third major point that I wanted to touch on for Skirmish was that it offers new list building options. You know, list requirements are completely different than what they are in the eight hundred point, and 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 so are the and and you know so are the points and stuff that you're that you're building with. So you've you've got to make different stuff than you normally would, and you're going to see different units. Based on not only the list building restrictions, you're going to see different list combos. Also, you're going to see different units based on the table size. So, like, just because, like, the map is different, the list restrictions are different, the points total is different, you're going to see much different stuff than you would see in the full competitive 800, or not even competitive, but just the full 800 lists. It's going to be, I mean, you can see watered down smaller versions of what you would see in 800, but... You know, and you're, and you're listening to the right podcast to give you some examples. You can make some really wild stuff that you would not play in an 800 point level that work pretty well or are just really fun at the 500 level. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say, I mean, I feel like you need to start us off because the thing, the list you've been playing for the past couple events has been exactly what you're talking about, something that you would not see at 800 points, and just a, a good time to play against, play with. I, I think, I haven't played with it, but I've 
played against you, you sure. a couple times with it, and you you seem to have a good time with it, <laughs> even when all of your troopers are dying and doing nothing against me because you have some kind of curse against me <laughs> where you just can't roll dice. But all right, well, uh, well, all right, we'll transition into uh, into some into some fun skirmish lists that we've liked to play. I will go ahead and debut this and and patent it as my own because I've never seen anyone do it. So, okay, re- remember, it's not called Ladies' Night this time. So no, 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 this is not Ladies' Night. I've, I've, I've patented that one, but I'm, I'm patenting a new list. So if you want to try this at home, I can, I can guarantee you, it, I, you will not want to just, it, it, it'll be like Pringles. You won't just want to play one game with it. You'll play one, and then you'll want to do it again and again until you're playing it at every skirmish event. So, we are going to talk about my favorite skirmish creation that I've come up with, my my skirmish abomination, which I call the Tantive Four team. It is a rebel list that is led by Leia Organa, who, because I was just filling in points, has emergency stims and uh, esteemed leader. Then it is R2-D2 and C-3PO, who have HQ uplink, then it's two units of fleet troopers who have scatter guns and an extra body. And then two units of fleet troopers that have the scatter gun and medic droids. And that list comes out to 493. So that is a fun list that I cooked up specifically for thematics that I was like, what if I just put, what if I made all four of my core that I can have in skirmish fleet troopers? Because the board is smaller. I can get them to, like, in most deployments and most setups, I can get them to fire turn one, which is something that at 800, your fleet troopers are almost never going to get to do. So they almost never see play because people see fleet troopers coming down the board and then people go, I have to kill that right now. And what I've found, and Paul will, uh, if he won't agree with me outright, he'll agree with me with what he, with how he runs stuff. The way to make something a little bit better is to flood your list with it. Because then your opponent can't target one and kill it and then it never saw the light of day. If you bring if you bring it in, in, in excess, your opponent really can't stop it from doing what it's meant to do. He had so many fleet troopers, I had to loan him a set of fleet troopers to pull yep. us off. And I still ended up having to proxy because I'm still waiting on uh, I'm still waiting on mine to come in the mail. But yeah, it's it, it is it is a really fun list to play. So go go out and try the Tantive Four team because it is a it it is super swingy. I will say outright at the two skirmish events, it went one and two both months that I played it. However, two of those games each one of those games each month were against Paul, and I'm not allowed to beat Paul. So uh, it, it could have been it could have been different. It could have been two and one. Uh, but in, in, in all the games that I've done casually with it, like with my roommates and stuff, like I've, I've, I've had success and I've won with it. So, you know, it's got, it's got a lot, a lot of cool stuff going in it. Yeah. It's that, definitely a scary list having all those shotguns at, like all that pierce is just, and that dice pool is just crazy. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a interesting list to play against. And like you said, I definitely do agree with you. If, one isn't working for you, just add a few more and see if it yeah. works then. <laughs> That's what I was going to say with the ATRT. It's like, if one ATRT isn't doing it for you, try three and see what you think after that. 
Yeah, it's one of those things where, like you said, if you have one fleet trooper in your list and your opponent focuses it down, it's like, well, that really didn't like how those fleet troopers worked. But same thing with an RT. You got one RT and it goes down because, you know, your opponent rolls, you know, one shot that has quite a few crits in it and all of a sudden it goes down, you know, in the first turn or two. You're like, well, that really wasn't a whole lot of use. But then you have three of them and even if one goes down, there's still more. Same thing with your fleets. Yep, I have four fleets, so you can kill one. What are you going to do with the next three? <laughs> yeah, right. And by the, ne- the time you're focused on, by the time you've taken out one, the other three are ready to, to are, are ready to fire at you. Absolutely. And then you're got, and then you're taking three fleet troopers to like one or two units that are just going to delete you. Uh, now, like I said, it is you are you are rolling all white dice in this list, so it is super swingy. <laughs> I've had quite literally at at the store, I had games where I couldn't roll anything. Oh, <laughs> Watson! And then I had games where I was rolling nothing but hits, like. Uh, and, and actually I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that now. So I had, I, I lost from everything from, uh, against Chris's droids. Now we played elimination and, uh, Cad Bane and General Grievous were able to dive in and delete most of my fleets before they could really respond. So that was a problem. And then Leia was not really able to keep up and R2 went and played secret mission and that game was really, really close, and it re- it ultimately came down to I lost because Leia was in heavy cover, running away, so that like I was a- I was ahead by one point in turn six, and we had to we uh and I think Grievous was dead, and Cat had already gone, and Leia was like on one health, and uh, Chris moved some B ones. Like, like, four B1s left in a squad to, like, shoot at Leia through heavy cover and was just like, ah, I'm just gonna go for it. And just threw four white dice and critted on two of them, like, naturally. And I was just like, oh no, this is gonna be it. And I rolled two white defense dice and I blanked one of them and Leia died. And I was like, ah, <laughs> come on. And so, Chris took that game. But, like, it, it went down to the last activation, so you can absolutely do that with this list. At the same time, you can also lose very quickly if if all your fleets get completely destroyed, like turn one and two, because your opponent brought something like Grievous or Operative Luke Skywalker, who decides he can just chop all of them in half for for funsies. But that's what makes this fun game because it's can, a dice game. You never exactly. know what it's going to do. You can, like you said, you can roll all white dice and crit every one of them, or you just roll them all in your blanket. It's that's what makes it fun. Yeah, the the better the dice are, the better the game you know you play sometimes. But even your red dice will fail you. I, yeah, I have, sometimes. Yeah, but sometimes, especially sometimes. On days. Sometimes those red dice on the defense side of someone else, they uh, they don't they don't exactly love the pierce that the that the scatter guns bring. I played against Mike two months ago. Not not the, not this month, but last month when we uh, when we when I did the first skirmish where I where I debuted this. And I played against Mike, and we were playing the the breakthrough equivalent breach, and I just about tabled him. He was down to one clone activation less, and he brought and he brought arc, he brought an arc strike team, and he brought a bunch of phase ones and Rex, and I all but tabled him except for one phase one squad that went wide on the opposite end of the board because I just funneled everything into one side, 
And then on the other side, he ran one phase, one squad around. And if I wanted to go after them, if I wanted to, I was just playing objective because rebels. But if I wanted to go after him, I absolutely could have just like shot that unit down too and just been, and just tabled him. And the other get, and then this month we did, we had, I had my, the game I won was against, um, uh, Brendan and he, it was just unlucky because he rolled Grievous around into one, the, one of the fleet, uh, medics, uh, standbys, and I hit on just about every single, I think out of ten dice that I rolled, I think I got eight hits. Like, with, with the one aim, I turned it into eight hits, and then took Grievous down six wounds. Like, he didn't save six of those, even with the impervious. He didn't save six wounds, and he ended up almost dying. And then another squad came in and just shotgunned him and wiped him out turn one. And was it was just a real unlucky. Happened. Say that what? Was awesome. That was a beautiful play. I was standing down there when you did that. And oh, man. Just, I'm like, what are you going to do now, man? If he gets I in your Because fa- I thought it grievous that. So was attacking you and I thought he was he was attacking you. And I looked and I go, oh, no, you're you're attacking grievous, aren't you? And you're like, yeah. And then you rolled, rolled that. And I was like, oh. And then you turned around and did it again the next round or the next your next activation. Oh, then I did it again with Staps. Yeah, I got like eight hits against the Staps. I was it like, was man, insane. where were these dice all day? They're just suddenly now kicking in. Well, you can't play Paul Paul Watson because those dice don't work that way against Paul Watson. Exactly. He's, just, he's a Brad Moore to you. You, you have Brad I was and like, Paul. I was like, Paul, do you want to play when my dice roll like this and just see how see what happens? <laughs> and I Bob, what kind of, uh, Bob, what kind of list have you enjoyed running in uh, in Skirmish? I got a couple. I, I, you know me. I, I play clones. Um, I built a really nice arc, a um, couple of arc units with uh, fives and echo, and rex, and then a, a couple of phase twos in there. And it's it's a five man or five unit squad, so it doesn't do well against everything. Um, if you can get up there and get that combined fire with those two arcs, and then follow it up with a rex, you can pretty much wipe out a cad. We've already talked about that. Um, but, yeah, I like to run that. That's a lot of fun. But I, I've got – someone one day said, you can't play tanks in, in, in a skirmish game. And I'm like, oh, you can play tanks. It's just you're not going to have very much. So um, I, I at the house, I play a lot at the house with, with, with my buddy Mike. Um, at the store, I don't really play that much. I judge, and, and I try to teach the new players to get them better to where we can get them into the, into the ranks of and get them to where they're not shinies. Um, I play uh, Rex with just a, aggressive tactics on him. Um, I'd throw R2 in there to keep behind the tank because someone was talking today on one of the feeds about, you know, R2 lives behind behind a, a, a tank um, a lot. So I throw him in there. I throw a phase one in with fives and targeting scopes, another phase one clones with a, with a Z6 and targeting scopes, and then my tank. And it's really hard when you're used to playing your tank, and this is where skirmish comes in fun. You can try stuff because you don't have the points to, to take a whole tank and, and throw everything you want on it. Um, so I throw, throw in my saber tank, and I put a veteran clone pilot on it because I like to be able to, to use that to where he's actually just a clone trooper and, and you can share tokens. Um, and then I put the uh, TX-130 uh, twin laser turret on it. I don't put the tank buster on it. Um, I don't put anything else on it, and I just run those. It, it comes out at 4.99, and you know it's only five activations, so you fighting droids are going to activate you. But that tank can take a beating. Everybody knows that tank um, can do that, especially with with putting a dodge on it and uh, being able to dodge crits. So that helps a lot. 
dodge those out of there. But uh, that's my go-to at the moment. I'm going to probably, if I get to play next time, well, we're going to play 800 next time, but the next time that we do play skirmish at the house or something, I'm going to pull that tank out. We haven't been seeing a lot of that in the skirmish because I don't think nobody figures that you can put enough, you know, in a in a squad with, a, with, with you know, 200 points in a tank. But yeah. uh, it's really nice to throw it out there when, when the droids are throwing the white dice at it and they're just all plinking right off of it or uh, – Nobody can get their, their their crits in, or they don't have enough critical, um, you know, to to change it over to to even try to get through it. And if they do, you've got R two standing behind it. Um, it'll be nice when they get the repair techs out and stuff for clones, because you'll just throw those guys behind it, and you'll basically just have a World War Two tank with a bunch of troops walking behind it, and then stepping out to to shoot at the plate people using the tank for uh, cover. I played a similar list um, to yours when. We first started doing some skirmish events up by me before pre pre COVID um, time. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed um, a tank in skirmish. It it does a lot of work, um, and it, it's really it starts like almost in range of everything on that little three by three mat. Um, the the bad thing with it with skirmish is I feel like most skirmish boards you want to have enough terrain where the game is fun and you can kind of hop in and out of buildings or cover pieces and those kinds of things to make the game really interesting for like the troops and the smaller vehicles that I think there's a, the risk that sometimes your tank might be stuck in a certain area of the map, especially that saber tank. It's not quite as tall as the, the AAT for the droids and that can just, you know, hover over everything. Um, but the way I view the tank is you're essentially taking that instead of like a lightsaber user, you're spending 200 points. You're going to want it to do most of the work for you. I've had some success with it and had some fun. And like you said, R2 behind it is you're essentially just paying 35 points for four extra health on that tank, which is just nuts. <laughs> Speaking of lightsaber users, I know, I know you like to use them. I never can get, get those guys to work for me very well. Um, played Kenobi a little bit at the beginning when you had to, but, um, you're, you're, you're pretty good with Luke from what I hear. <laughs> I, so it's funny. I've only played, um, well, I played on Saturday with the Op Luke list, and I've only played him one other time and had a lot of success with him both times. I just think he's a lot of fun. So my list was a generic commander, Op Luke, a veteran squad with nothing on it other than Recon Intel Mark II, a Rebel Trooper squad with the new impact shotgun that comes in the Rebel Trooper upgrade kit, the two red, two white, impact one. Shotgun and one rotary cannon ATRT. And yeah, the list is really just all about Luke. Everything else is just hopefully going to survive long enough to claim some objectives at the end and just support Luke just a tiny bit. But he has just, he has so much going on for him. It's, it was, it's just really fun. He just bounces all over the place and disengage is such a powerful keyword. Um, and then the way I had mine, kind of kitted out there was I had situational awareness in his training slot so he could dodge the crits um, so just to keep him alive in, in case he gets shot at quite a bit um, and then I had all three force powers Jedi mind trick, push and reflexes and I think some people might think push is overkill with 
op Luke with the disengage, but I just, again, I feel like it's one of those things where he just can do so many little shenanigans when he has a push and disengage all, and Jedi Mind Trick all wrapped into one. His cards, I think, are really quite powerful, um, especially in Skirmish. One of the things that I think has always been powerful about Force users is most of them, I'm trying to think through all of them, so I might be wrong here if it's not all of them, but most of them have a card that allows them to attack more than once in a round. I think so, and, yeah. And Luke ha- now has two of them. Yeah. Whereas, like, same thing with Vader. Vader has two, technically, if you consider his, like, the Vader's might card an attack where he can move a, a unit and then potentially deal some damage to it. Whereas Luke really has an opportunity to, with both of his one pips, do two different attacks with both of those one pips. And then if that's not powerful enough, he has a three pip where, yes, he won't get an attack, but you can take away two opponent's trooper units' attacks for the turn. Yeah. And so, especially in Skirmish, you have five rounds, and if you think of five rounds and two of those, Luke gets to attack twice, and one of those, Luke might not be attacking, but two two out of your five or six units are not also not attacking. Mm-hmm. So he essentially has three opportunities to get like a double advantage on your opponent, which I think is just a really powerful set of cards, especially at 500 points. And um, and and I think there's uh, the great thing about it, and I I didn't use the same cards every game, depending on the situation. You use them at different times for different reasons, um, especially like. Uh, Luke, Op Luke's one pip, the um, you serve your master well, you can use that to make one of your units attack again in a round. Or with Jedi Mind Trick, you can essentially make almost any unit your opponent has on the field other than, you know, commanders or operatives make an attack against one of their own units. And that can just be used in so many different ways that it just provides a lot of versatility for for Luke. I think, like Bob said, a saber user just cuts through a lot of stuff in skirmish. Most of the time, they're getting in turn two, whereas sometimes in like an eight hundred point game, it might take you till your third turn before you're really getting them in there. In skirmish, it feels like they're in there right away. And actually, in two of my three games on Saturday, um, he was in turn one. Yeah, are already cutting stuff up. So, yeah, and those melee, those like melee kind of focused or the close range units really do shine in in skirmish because they are already like at range. Like like I like you said, and the same case with the fleets, I can sometimes get them to shoot turn one. Right. You know, so it's like those those whereas those units are usually riddled with bullets by the time they get to their optimal range to fire. Or to do their to to do to, or to swing to do their shtick, they can get there. Like where in a normal game, if they're really booking it, they might get their turn two or three, maybe like maybe turn four if you're just go going at a normal pace. But like in in skirmish, they can get to melee like turn one <laughs> if they if, yeah. if you if you really set it up. 
I think it's a really good place to really feel out some units and what they can do and how you like playing with them. Because, again, like you're talking about your fleet troopers. When you're playing an 800-point game, if you sit across from me and you only have one squad of fleet troopers, I'm going to make sure I keep an eye out on where they are and probably try to kill them before they get a shot off. Yeah. Or make them pretty weak so their shot isn't going to be very effective if they do get it off. Right. At 500 points, your opponent doesn't have as many tools at their disposal as an 800 to be able to do that. To essentially single out one unit and just attack it with everything until it dies, no matter where it's at kind of thing. So I, I've, I have found that I really like to play with new stuff in skirmish like i had never played with veterans before in the past two skirmish events i actually brought my rebel veterans and the mark ii to play with and just test it out and see how i like them i've really been enjoying them and part of the reason is because in skirmish you can put them out there and get them in range right away and so you, you feel like they're doing what you brought them to do right away at the beginning of the game uh-huh. rather than maybe having them die really early and being like, well, I didn't really get to do anything with them. That's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you uh, – now, you know, you, I know you had a really interesting experience with a with a clone list that I'm hearing about. Was this uh, – <laughs> yeah. was this was this, was, this was with uh, Mike or with someone else? Yeah, I, I was very surprised when I sat down. I, I knew he had clones because um, I had seen him – you know, earlier the day with his tray of, of clones there. And I sat down to play him, and we were just, you know, we're going over our lists and just telling each other what we have. And I was like, wait a minute, how many activations do you have? And he's like, eight. I'm like, ha- <laughs> okay, hang on. How do you have eight activation clones in 500 points? Um, yeah, it was just one That's of those crazy. things. Like, essentially did what... I try to do to my opponents before I even start the game is get them to sit down and be like, wait a minute. Yeah. How, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. He just, or why, why did you do that? Yes, that's true. Mike is a lot of fun. He pulls that stuff all the time. Cause like I said, I play Mike just about every week. He, he comes to the house and we've got a game room and, and he just brings some of the weirdest crap and you're like, what are you going to do with that? And then, you know, Mike's one of those, those guys like Paul. You know, he loves to play the game. It's the game that he's there for. If he wins, that's awesome. If he loses, he doesn't care. He has no ego about it whatsoever, like a lot of us do. You know, oh, oh man, I lost. So you spend the next six hours of how the hell did I lose when I had this? You know, and, and, and I do that because he wins, he wins some. And, you know, I always go back in the house going, how in the hell did he beat me with that rabble? And then, cause you, you said, you've got eight activations. And I'm like, I get eight activations out of my rebels all the time. And you're like, yeah, in an 800 point game, he's got it in five. And I'm like, oh God, okay, I know what he's playing because he, he did that crap to me the other day. And he actually beat me with it. I was like, oh, cause it was like, I had the same reaction. It was like, oh, Oh, you have you have eight activations. How how do you do that? I've got five, and and you know he just just relentless, just you know yeah. just marches upon you, and you're like, oh crap! How, how am I going to kill all that? Yeah, and it's funny like how successful those things can be. He was by far the closest to killing my Luke. He he actually did six out of his seven wounds um, over the course of the game, and it was. And I think here's the reason. I think most people 
uh, you know, I'll jump op Luke into one of their trooper units. And I think a lot of people, their first, you know, reaction is to, well, I'm going to disengage with this unit so that way the rest of my army can shoot at this force user. Whereas I think, and he might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think his mentality was like, well, I got four more of these groups of clone troopers, so I'm just going to aim and punch him to death. So, yeah, and, and he does. We get, we, get, we get in more fistfights on the board than, than you know a boxer does a lot of the times because we're both that way. We won't disengage. We'll just sit there and punch the hell out of you <laughs> until one of us is dead, and then another unit will shoot, and then you, you move into them, and you just pull out the fist, and you fist a cuff. And we've, we, we've done that with a whole army. We've maybe fired you know like four times in, in an hour and a half. But we punched the hell out of everybody. Everybody's got bloody knuckles because they've everybody's ran up on somebody and just started just beating them with a stick. Yeah, he and he was and every punch that he had, it was like, oh, you have four guys. Oh, all four of them hit. Great, here we go. <laughs> yeah, here come the dice. Not deflecting this. Yeah, no, it's definitely it was it was interesting to play that because I had to play that differently because it's like I have a lot of bodies to chew through. And only have five rounds to do it in. So I have to make sure that I make each activation count and am doing, you know, some killing every time I take an action. Otherwise, yeah. I'm not sure that I can get through all these clone bodies in that amount of time. So, What's yeah. Your, was, what objective were you guys playing? Um, what were we playing? Elimination. I, okay. Yeah, we were playing Elimination. It gives me a, a slight advantage. I had six activations for Rebels, um, but I had two different units that gave double points, whereas he only had one. So the max I could get from him was nine, and the max he could get from me was eight. So I had to make sure that I wasn't losing stuff faster than him. And yeah. he actually was – he killed my commander, uh, my generic commander, which is something that not very many other people go for. But he killed it pretty early, which gave him, you know, two victory points right there. So it was like, okay, <laughs> now i got to do some work. He had one of my trooper squads almost dead. He killed my uh, Mark II right away at the beginning of the game um, with a good shot from his RT. And – yeah, so I was down. I was down early, and Luke had to do what he had to do most games: is catch me back up <laughs> and earn his points. So put the whole rest of the list in his backpack. Yeah, you know, <laughs> just do some flips and stuff in the swamp, and <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was it was a fun fun game, fun list to play against because uh, there was just so many different clones, so many di different activations, and the. It didn't matter where I went, he always could get to a spot with one one or more of his units where he would have a clear shot at, you know, one of my trooper units or something. So it was it was scary facing that many clone troopers, that's for sure. What exactly like did his list look like in case someone's like, I wanna try <laughs> oh, yeah, eight, sure. eight activations of clones and five hundred? That sounds fun as heck. Yeah, I was. We were actually talking afterwards to see if there was any way to get it to nine activations. <laughs> what? What? Is, um, yeah, I was going to say that sounds that sounds awesome, and I'm and I'm curious what it looks like because I didn't get to play Mike this month. I played him last month, and his his was only like it was only five or six back then because it was like Rex and Arc Strike, and then like I think it was three or four. I think it was four Phase Ones. What? What is it? What did it look like this month? 
Yeah, so he had uh, a Rex with aggressive tactics, and then he had four naked Phase 1 clone trooper squads. He had two sniper strike teams, and then one rotary RT. Man, so R2 wasn't even in the list. No, yeah, R2 I was think I'm sitting here list. thinking R2's got to be in there to make it to make it eight. And he still but had a man. three point bid. Man, that's crazy. So we were we were talking afterwards. I was like, okay. Did the RT have a gun? Yeah, it had the rotary cannon. Oh man! I was like, okay, if you drop the rotary cannon for twenty, you drop aggressive tactics for ten. You have three extra. I was like, oh man, you are two points shy of being able to bring this thing up to nine activations with R2. <laughs> oh man, it's so crazy. It was it was fun. Um, we talked about um, our his RT kind of got in a a little bit of a battle with mine, where I had to have Luke go and help my RT out <laughs> and and bail mine out because he was he was saving on his pretty well. Um, but we got to talking about it, and he was shooting at my RT, and we talked about how using the the base rocket that the Republic RT comes with was actually probably more beneficial than rolling the the rotary cannon. Yeah. Against it, so yeah, because it has the critical, right? Yeah, critical one and, and the impact. impact one and impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and after I kind of convinced him that that was probably a better way to go, he proceeded to roll a crit and then re-roll into a surge and yeah. another hit, which then you know impact one up to a crit and the surge went to a crit. I was like, yeah, great, awesome. I should have kept my mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I've done that a couple times at like the store, but like thank. I don't do it during tournaments, but, like, if I'm playing any other time, if, I, if it's not, like, a, like, tournament, I will absolutely be like, yeah, you're going to you gonna do this? And then my opponent, like, most of the time is like, no, I'll do this. But then, like, half of the time they're kind of like, no, I'm a- well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. You know, that's not a bad idea. Maybe I'll try that. And then it proceeds to stomp me, and I'm like, well, good, good news I was able to uh, – strategize better than my opponent. Bad news, it was against me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You no, are your I, worst enemy. Yeah. I, uh, I really, I did enjoy playing, well, honestly, a lot of the lists I played against were kind of those, uh, kind of push things in that direction as much as you, I mean, I played against you, Ben. Um, you had the Fleet Troopers, your Tantive 4 list again. Um, the clones just maxing out activations and bodies on you. Like, that was... Yeah. Again, I played a, against a lot of my own medicine, I think, this past yeah. weekend. Um, which I, I kind of deserved, I think, after the the event before where I came and I brought that, that Rebel armor list that no one had yeah. any impact to deal with it and so i kind of deserve to play against my own <laughs> stuff a little bit you didn't yeah. you didn't play josh last month did you i didn't uh i don't like, remember it would have been like round three it would have been like round three but i don't i don't think you did i am so bad with names did you play empire i played against an empire list that was Iden. Um, two Death Trooper squads. Yeah, that, that would have been Josh. That was him. Okay. Yeah, that would have been Josh. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think Sorry, Josh. Was, forgot your name. No, <laughs> he uh he he was like 
he, I remember he, we were talking about it later because we just love talking about lists and stuff. And he was like kicking himself because he's like, in every single game, I go out of my way to bring one rocket launcher to combat against people who bring like one vehicle because they don't because they, they think they can bring the vehicle because no one's bringing any impact and then I bring one HH12 just to tell them to sit their butt down and <laughs> level the playing field and he was like and this is the one time I didn't bring an HH12 and then I played against Paul who had nothing but vehicles <laughs> yeah like he says like man you know, he- He's bringing a rocket for that person who brings one ATRT, yep. so he can kill it in a couple of rounds. Yep. And then it's not a big deal. And my list was, I feel like I run the actual generic commander for Rebels maybe more than any other commander for you them. You do. I'm like, <laughs> this guy is named for you, right? Like, you, you put so much tender love and care into this man because you've brought him in almost every list. I, no, every list I've ever played against you has had that guy in it. It's true. The prime that I won also was with him because I had it was right after Sabine came out. So. Yep. Yeah, he, um, yeah, my other list was him, the generic commander. R2, um, another, a veteran squad again. This one had, uh, recon intel, situational awareness, and the heavy weapon upgrade. And then a Mark II. And then I proceeded to add two rotary ATRTs and a T47 with the, uh, power harpoon on it. And so, again, like Ugh. you're talking about, Bring one piece of armor, that's one thing. But now what are you going to do against three pieces of armor? <laughs> when, like, the majority of your list is armor. Right. And R2's there to, like, heal a walker if you end up shooting it. Yeah, I just kind of hid R2 in a spot where he could jump out and, and heal one of the pieces of armor if it got too damaged. Um, that up. was really what he was there for. He really wasn't there for the secret, secret mission. Method. Yeah. He was there to get my, my armor more health. And, yeah, it's <laughs> just... And then you know, I had it set up in a way, too, where, you know, I was giving my veteran squad dodges, so it was like, not, is it even worth shooting at them? Because they're going to, they're in heavy cover, and they're going to dodge some extras, so I just really didn't present a whole lot of good targets in that list, um, yeah. other than the armor, because the armor would get up in your face really quick, and again, the same, same way I play supports, I throw them out there and say, shoot at my supports, because that they are essentially here to support the rest of my army. And exactly. so either they're going to sit there and do their job and shoot, or you're going to deal with them, and then they're still doing their job, which is protecting the rest of my army. So it's one of those, uh, I really enjoy that that unit and that type of uh, play style, I guess. Um, they don't lose efficiency as as much as a trooper unit, so I try to use them to again really support and protect the rest of my force. And you know, I I enjoy playing with them. Most of the the only ones I don't play with um, and haven't played with are Tauntauns. I'm actually I'm sitting at my desk right now and I'm looking at them all nice in their shrink wrap boxes on the shelf because I just kind of refuse to play them. Same <laughs> uh, be, because just because of the way that they are perceived by most people and that they're just, you know, kind of too I think powerful. Now they're, uh, I think now it's okay. Yeah, uh, I think The so. only reason I haven't fielded them yet is because um, Trista is painting up my only box of them that I bought and she's not done painting them yet. So I'm like, yeah, I'll wait till they're painted and then, and then I'll field them and throw them in and see how they do. Yeah, one of the um, – after playing the veterans, it's one of the things that I really um, 
I'm pretty interested in uh, is doing some like a thematic list that's just all Hoth with you know yeah. seven Tauntauns veterans and the Mark Twos or even even not full Tauntauns but adding like an FD turret or something like that in there um, and just running the list like that uh, that's something that I would love to see FFG do it's something that um, like I said I play the Lord of the Rings game. Um, from Games Workshop, and I love that they have, they, they're called Legendary Legions in um, the Lord of the Rings game, and it encourages you to take a thematic army. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, it would be, you know, something like that in, you know, in this game would be um, like an Endor themed army. So you might be limited, like I wouldn't be able to bring, let's say, Commander Luke but I could bring operative Luke because that's in a time period of, you know, the films, right? That's, that's the kind of Luke that was around back then. It wasn't little flyboy, you know, whiny Luke. It was now I'm a Jedi Knight, you know, trained with Yoda Luke. Right. Um, so I would love to see something like that where you'd get like special bonuses, but you might be limited in what you could bring. Um, uh, again, same thing as the Lord of the Rings game. They they limit you on your heroes to what would be thematically appropriate for that time period or that battle or whatever it might be. But then you get some extra little perks that are just only because you kind of took that, that kind of sacrifice by bringing something thematic. I think this game lends itself to that. I mean, there's so much... Honestly, there's so much stuff Fantasy Flight can do with this game. They could keep it going for years and years to come. It's it's something that I'd like to see. I think there's a lot of fans who already try to do that and like to bring something like you just brought, you know, your Tantive 4 list. Is it the most competitive 500-point list? Probably not. However, it's very thematic. It's, you know... When you sit across from that list, you're like, oh, I, I'm right at the beginning of A New Hope. Like, here yep. I am. Uh, the owner over at Atomic is is a Hoth lover. He loves Hoth stuff. So we, we've started setting him up with with Hoth. He loves Tauntauns. He thinks they're the greatest thing in the world. And, and he doesn't do too bad with them. He's, he's, he's learning. There's a learning curve with them. You know, make sure that you're here and what to do with them, not to get them killed. Don't forget to take your dodge tokens. So I think it's really cool to take thematic te- uh, games like that, especially, and this is a good place to do it because you can put your, your veterans in there. You can put a set of tauntauns in, you know, and, and I think it's a really good thing. And it's cool because I think ending up here with skirmish that, you know, it brings out a lot of, of, of thought process to where when you play 800, yeah, you're, you're figuring out what's, what to do to win, you know, with, with a big grander army. And with this, it's just like, you know, you're, you're in the back alley of a town and you've got, you know, five squads of people with you. What are you going to do with that? So I think it makes people think a little bit more and, and like you said, pull stuff out of the box that normally doesn't get played because in an 800 point game, it just gets rolled under the machine. To where here it, it's basically everybody's you know scratching to, to win, and I think it brings out a lot of the, the the cool things that people just don't realize. You know, hey, I could play this or I could play that, like your like your your your, your fleet troopers. You know, you never see fleet troopers, and and I think it's cool that you, you brought those out and played them, and you weren't real successful, but you got to win with them. I mean, and probably if we played Skirmish another couple of months, you'd probably figure out a click and go, oh, you know what I've been doing? I've been doing something just a little bit south. If I if I take it a little bit up, you know, or I change this out, you know, that you'd have a really good team with them and that you could you could win two two 
go two and one, maybe. I go. Then, oh, you know what I've been doing is I've been rolling white dice. Well, yeah, That's white dice problem. are the main. <laughs> I need to I need to take these white dice out and fix those. There we go. Now now it's good. Now you can fix it. Yeah. I think we should move on to the uh, the hobby segment. So, do we have any final thoughts on on skirmish? In general, uh, two, thumb, two thumbs up. I love to love to watch it play. Love to, to judge it. Love to watch you guys play. Um, I like to play it when I do get to play, which is, is seems to be getting smaller smaller increments. But you know, I, again, I I really enjoy when I started this game. I really wanted to play, and uh, but it's really cool to watch people and and judge. And you know, when somebody has a question, get over there and take care of it, and to teach the new guys. Because like I say, I usually I'll grab the new people to play, and. Uh, I get to play once a week, like I say, with Mike, or sometimes we'll, we'll, we'll get other people over to play, but it, it's really a joy to watch you guys play because you do put a lot of thought into it. And I think when we switched over to Skirmish, we'd been playing 800 points so long that you guys had to, to, to go, go into a lower gear, you know, to get really good things. And like I said, just to watch everybody at the store go, Oh, well, this is a totally different animal. And watch that to me is is really cool, and you know everybody comes up and goes, "This was awesome! Thank you for for running skirmish. You know, this this is cool, and thanks for the cool prizes." And and everybody seems to have a good time, and that's what I like to see. We're there to play, throw some dice, kill some stuff, have a good time, and yeah. you know, skirmish just added to it because now a lot of the players who don't you know have I don't want to say the mindset, but they're, 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 they're trying to figure out what to do with 800 points of stuff. This took away a lot of that, and they could actually play and learn. Yep, as a, uh, just, just to recap, Skirmish is absolutely the quicker, faster version of Legion that serves as a great demo game for you, and also is going to bring units to the table and lists to the table that you would not otherwise see. So if you're looking for a way to freshen up the game and you just haven't played any skirmish or you've played little skirmish, you know, and you're looking to just do it around the house or, or like with your buddies or you're looking to, you know, try it for a couple months at your store or do like uh, what I hear some of the other stores do. They do like an escalation league or something like that and they start at skirmish and then they work up to 800 and then maybe maybe they work up to Grand Army, like that stuff. Like, definitely give it a shot. The rule book is out there on the FFG site, so they uh, yep. you can download it and you can cut out all the uh, all the cards and stuff. Um, some of the guys down in Indy actually printed out cards, and uh, we got those at the last uh, tournament, at the last prime. So that worked out kind of cool. But uh, yeah, play play some skirmish. It's a lot of fun. All right, let's uh, let's let's transition into a short little uh, little hobby update and little hobby section, and we'll uh, and we'll ride out that way. Bob, all right, guys. I've seen you. I've seen you've got some Mustafar people now. Um, yeah. I what I did was Slade, the the store. I know I mentioned him a lot this time. He come to me one day and he's like, "Man, can you build this ATSD?" And I'm like, "Why do you want an ATSD? You play Rebels." Because it's cool looking. And I'm like, okay, what do you want done to it? And he's like, just paint it gray and leave it on the regular base. And I'm like, no, I don't do that. That's not what I do. You could do that. Get a can of spray paint and spray paint it gray and just throw it on the shelf. So he finally, after a couple of weeks of me bugging him, said, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. So I battle damaged it up and scraped it up. And I'm like, I got to do a cool base. Well, I was thinking, you know what's cool that I haven't seen very much of? Mustafar. So it's basically charcoal and, and lava fields. And yeah. so I got to working on it, and I, I had some sand, some just actual pool sand we'd put in a pool. And I had some sand left in the back of the truck. So I took a base, 
And I was using Elmer's glue, watered down a little bit, and I would paint that on there, and then I would just dip it in the sand and let it all dry out, and I would spray paint it black. But I would leave, I would take pieces of tape, and I would cut little valleys in, in between where everything, where the sand was, so that your figures have a place to stand to where they're not standing in lava, because, you know, floor is lava is a thing on Mustafar. Um <laughs> So I, what I did was I did that, and then I go in with just some red. I forget what it is. It's, it's all uh, army painter paint, so I think it's maybe dragon red. And I put a base of coat of that down, watered down. And then I go in with, with lava orange, which is another army painter color. And I go in and I highlight the edges of where the, the actual ground is. And, you know, the ground is painted black, so you've got that charred, you know, look of it, of, of being in a lava field. And then I go in and I highlight where the lava is actually touching the sand that I put in there and just do little dots of it so it looks like that the, the, it's so hot that the sand is starting to glow. And usually I'll take a piece. I did it with my uh, – I did a Del Mico and, and uh, Gideon Hask to go with my Inferno squad and with, with uh, Iden. I did Iden with it too. So they all match. So they look like they're all on Mustafar fighting off a battle. With mine, and then I took my uh, my extra IS, uh, ISF, I think, is the the other pieces that go with that. Did the same thing, so those guys all match. So when I'm on the field, I can tell. Okay, well, there's Gideon with his guys. I run Gideon with a with a a group of shore troopers, and they're the normal shore troopers from from Rogue, but he's actually got a Mustafar base. And then with uh, Del Mico, <clears throat> I took a set of shores because I run them with shores. And painted them all black and did red markings on them so they look like they're just a unit of Inferno. And I, I use the same lava base. But it gets a really good effect. It's a real quick, easy, dirty way. I've actually been using, I ran out of the sand in the truck. I've been using snow um, from one of the hobby stores. I got some snow for some bases for, uh, well, I put Clan Wren on a snow base. Um, based off the, the television show, their base was on a snow planet. And I just painted over with black and, and did the same thing. And it worked out really good. You get a little bit more granular if you use, if you use the snow. But they all turned out really, really neat. And I, I've done that all with Slade, all of Slade's Imperials. Like I say, he, he usually gets one of everything. He owns the store. So, but he always has me paint those and I always make them the same. So his, his whole, whole Imperial army is thematic to being on Mustafar. And that's about it. It's pretty simple. It's pretty easy. Get you a can of just dollar store black spray paint. And then, like I said, any red that, that's get, I usually water it down so it's a little bit kind of a little bit lighter on the outer edges. And as I get closer to where the, uh, the land parts are, I, I, I darken red, <clears throat> excuse me, I darken the red up a little bit. And, uh, They've come out pretty good. I haven't really posted very many pictures of them, but I, I might do that here pretty soon out on the Legion Academy site if they'll let me do it. But that's my or hobby. Put it, on the face, put it on the Facebook page. Yeah, I could put yeah. it on Facebook and do it. Um, just, but yeah, they all you look can tell cool. everyone here's here. You want the tutorial how I did it? Just yeah. go listen to this episode. You know. Um, that's pretty much my hobby tip for for that. Then, like I said, we we, we did some uh, Clan Wren. I did uh, three sets of those. And I, I ended up, if you watch the episode where they actually go to where Sabine's, where Clan Wren is based, and when she goes to visit her mother, it's all snow. So I ended up using the snow for that, too. But snow bases are easy. Just You just put the snow on it and spray call it, it down. down. Yep, call it done. It's pretty simple to do. But the lava ones take a little bit more time, but but the effect is really cool. I, I got yelled at one day by somebody I had done, I'd done a tank 
one of the Imperial tanks, and I put it on the lava field. And somebody at the store said, why, why is it running through lava? Aren't the, the treads going to mount? So I actually, I had magnetized it, so I pulled it off. And you can actually see the treads in in the, the, the sand. I, when I put the sand down before it dried, I pushed the tank treads down into it. So you can actually see that it's actually going over the lava field, and it's actually not running through it. Hmm. So just little little tippies like that that people, when they, they want to judge your stuff, you can go, no, I didn't mess up. And that's that. What you got? I know I, you've got a really cool piece that that you showed me on Saturday, that is amazingly cool. And I hear you're doing it to one of my favorite characters also. So what do you got, Ben? Well, all right. I've got a. I've I've been doing ever since the Flight Sands came out. I knew I had to do some uh, some airborne heroes, uh, and so I started with I started with my favorite, which is Sabine. And I've got I cut I, I talked about this last episode, but I basically cut around some pieces of uh, the standard. I, I, everything, all the pieces that I used on her are from her own kit, so you can do this if you have uh, if you have the gall to do it. Uh, if you to cut up that model, and you uh, you have some green stuff, and you you feel you feel like you you want to do it, you can totally. Well, I guess the flight stand is from anywhere else, but. You can totally uh, cut her up into a certain pose. I, I cut one of her legs and repositioned it, repositioned her head, and then used green stuff to like make the make the a different neck, and then posed her arms so that they were like the sword was hanging down, the dark saber was hanging down, and her gun was pointed out. And she is now a like a horizontal flying Sabine. So like the model is now horizontal as opposed to vertical and is now flying on a on a tall flight stand and it is it is beautiful. I put her on the like Lothal. I put I used some mountain tuft and just put her on like Lothal looking base. And uh that one was really fun. And I just started uh I started Captain Rex, uh and I have kit bashed him up with I've seen a couple people do similar stuff. I'm I'm kit bashing him up with Arc Troopers. So I took one of the Arc Troopers that has a uh, in flight feet, and I just used those legs. I, if anyone else does that and they want it to look really good, I really had to sand down the legs that I wanted from the back. I, it, because his legs will not fit with the way that Rex's comma goes with his legs. If you just want to leg swap him, it's going to be, it's going to be, I had to do some work. Maybe maybe I'm stupid and maybe someone everyone else has figured out how to do it easier, but I really had to sand those legs down from the back to where they were almost gone. There was like almost no butt. I had to sand the the butt off of Rex, and then I, even then I still had to do some green stuff to make it really fit. But I think it, I think it looks good now. And then I gave him his right arm where he's where he's pointed out with his gun. But then I actually his left arm I stole from an arc trooper where he's got like kind of the bent up. Like where, like where he's just gonna kind of up, like near his helmet a little bit, like he's pointing it up and he's just shooting with the right one. And so I did that, and then I took his phase two helmet, and then I took a a backpack from or a jetpack from the arcs and did that too. So I've currently got him like I want to say sixty to seventy percent painted, and then I just need to put him on a flight stand in the base. I'm definitely gonna use some droid parts for his base to make a to make a fallen droid or two. So he'll be flying over some some fallen clankers, but uh, at some so, point after that, I got CAD. I want to do as well. I was going to say, speaking of you know some droid bits on the base and 
you know, a Rex conversion. Can you also talk through your other Rex conversion that you showed me? Because I thought it was uh, amazing. And the fact that you were able to take bits from a clone unit and not lose, like, any models by doing the conversion, um, I thought you did a really creative thing with that unit. Can you talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, and I think I talked about it on our kit bashing episode, but I'll totally touch it again here because it because yeah, it's just it was just a really fun conversion that that I did. The um and if you want to get technical, I lost some droid models, but <laughs> yes. I bought I bought them for basing purposes. So <laughs> it's not a loss when you lose droid models because well they're <laughs> droids, so it's okay. Go ahead. All right, so I took Captain Rex. I was this was my uh this was my Captain Fordo from Gendy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars. Uh, and I took Rex and I cut off his left leg and I took the, I took a phase one unit and I took the crouching model from that. And now I'm like looking over across the room at my phase one clone. So I'm like not messing this up, but I, I, I took the crouching model and I took the crouching models left leg. Cause he's like kneeling on the right leg, but he's got the left leg like up, like forward. So I cut off that leg from that crouching guy, and I gave the crouching leg to Rex, or, or Fordo, I guess, in this case, and I put it there, and then I took the, and, and that gave him a gap, so now he had, so now he was doing, like, the Captain Morgan. I had to do a little bit of green stuff work, but now he's got a leg up, like he's standing on, like, top of a rock or something, but what I did was I took some B1 heads from, and I bought a box just so I could use B1 parts for my for for my bases in my Republic Army, and I or just bits if I wanted to do fun stuff with droid bits. But I and I and I, I think I did like four or five heads, and I made a little mound under Fordo's foot, so he was just standing on a mound of droid heads. But then I didn't have to I didn't have to uh, totally lose that crouching dude. What I did was I took the straight leg from from Fordo that I cut off, and I gave it to that guy. And tilted him in a way so that he became a running dude, because the other leg is kneeling. But if you give the left leg a, if you straighten out the left leg and make it a straight leg and 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 put that his foot on the ground, you have effectively made another running model. And I showed them to Paul and I was and I was telling him like, you don't have to, yeah, you don't you don't have to lose a model. Lieutenant Dan over here can get new legs, uh, and you can and you can have another running guy. So. You know, you had, I had, I have a phase one squad with two running guys and no crouching dudes. So if that's, that's something you want to try, that's absolutely something you can do. And it's super cool. Now, what I wanted to say, Paul, was you beat me to this one when we're talking about airborne heroes. There's one that you, that you beat me to that I really want to do at some point someday because it looks really fun. (laughs) Are you talking about R2? (laughs) Yeah, I'm talking about R2. Oh gosh, yeah, R two. I, I honestly, I, I shamelessly stole it from someone on Facebook that had posted it, well, sure. and I was like, "Well, all of these kits come with an extra flight stand, so I'm just gonna glue R two to one of these things." And yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's really easy. I mean, you could get a couple. Uh, you could have someone 3D print some like flames or get some from, you know, a bits a bits company or something. But uh, I think R2's pose works pretty well um where he's at um on the ground if you just kind of glue the the small 
under leg to the the flight stand and then model some flames on his other two legs. I think he looks like his pose looks just fine up there on a flight stand like he's, you know, flying around with his little rocket boots. <laughs> Guys, I just had a revelation. I know how I'm going to do my flying R2. All right, hear this out. First off, it requires a $100 purchase from eBay or, you know, I wait I wait like half a year or a year to wait till till B2 super battle droids are no, are normally in circulation again. I'm going to cut some B2s and put some B2s on the base and then use some green stuff or something and and light them on fire. Like, yep. make some fire. And then I'll take the flight stand and put R2 vertically above them with little flames coming out of his feet and just recreate the the episode three, the, the, the two-pip. The, I two, definitely the two-pip approve. card. That, that's going to be my ultimate R2-D2 model right there. I've that, got it. I've just really figured it sweet. out. Anyone want to beat me to it? I would love to see what it looks like, but until I'll, my second box of B2 Super Battle Droids are going to get used for that purpose. Paul, yeah, what have you been up to with, uh, with hobby wise? What do you, what do you got going on? I know you got uh, a super awesome Luke. I'd love to hear, uh, your, uh, your process on that. Yeah, I, um, I decided to try a bunch of different things lately. Um, I guess that's part of the hobby, right? You can do whatever you want and Heck yeah. make stuff look cool. Or that's what's and nice about those new door things or the uh, the, the silhouettes. Um, you can do what you want now, and not have to worry about stuff hanging out and getting shot. Like the the tip of the lightsaber trick that they used to pull and stuff like that. It's like if it's not in the little box, you can't see it. So I can put all this stuff over here and light stands, and it, it makes for a lot of good, cool hobbying. And like he said, yours is. Is, is stinking amazingly cool what you did with Luke. So, yeah, I guess I, I've been doing a lot of basing on my models. Uh, I've realized I've, as I'm looking at my collection, that I've done very little basing compared to some other things. And so I knew I, I was thinking after the first 500-point um, kind of event that we had, I was like, you know what, I think I want to run Op Luke because he's – he was fun the first time I played him, and I just want to try him again. So I got him out. Um, I painted him up, which is pretty quick, you know, because he's in mostly black. <laughs> yep. um, and then I was like, I want to do something cool with him. I was like, well, I've seen some people um, doing this, like, floating rocks thing or, you know, attempt it in other, like, areas, other pictures I've seen, whatnot. So I was like, I'm going to try it. I didn't research how anybody else did it i just kind of uh, <laughs> guessed as i went um so i went to i just I, I honestly i just went over to walmart and i was just over in like the hobby section the i found what i was looking for in the sewing section honestly and yep. i just got these little very very thin pins that they had over there and what I did is I, I brought them back, and I, I guess to not be secretive about it, well, essentially what I did with my base is I tried to make it look like there were rocks floating, like Luke was using the force to lift a bunch of uh-huh. rubble around him. And it looks all really of, good. Yeah, all of my bases um, across all of my my factions so far have been the same kind of gray rubble base. Um I'm trying to essentially go for, uh, I want to build some terrain 
and stuff from my my house. Um, I want to build a map that is like a, a ruined temple kind of map, and so a lot of this, you know, gray crumbled rocks and stuff. So I, I wanted it to kind of look like Luke was lifting up some of those, you know, pieces of rocks to, you know, use as he's like going into combat, like flinging them at people or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, or just to intimidate people as he's, you know, using powering the, the, up. Yeah, yeah, powering yeah. up. Yeah, essentially. So I just know well, he's these... a Jedi. So what he's doing is he's catching laser bolts on him when people are shooting at him. See, he's throwing the rocks in front of him. So yeah, that's what a so... good guy does. So many applications for <laughs> for floating rocks <laughs> and the force. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I took these really small pins. I tried to get something as thin as I could. I was really looking for something, you know, that I could find that was clear, but I couldn't quite find exactly what I was looking for. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and try it with this Luke. So I took these real thin pins. Um, I kind of bent them and snap them off at lengths that I wanted to and just took some plaster of Paris, which is what I'm using my basis for and just broke off little pieces um, to make them look like, you know, little rocks or pieces of rubble debris from a crumbled temple building and, you know, glued them onto these little pins and just kind of set them up in a way around the base around Luke to make it kind of look like he was, you know, using the force to lift these rocks. And I try to do it, um, in a way, I ended up base coating the pins that are made of metal in in the gray that I do the basing, my base coat primer, like base coat. And so for the most part, they blend in okay. Obviously, it's not perfect. If you come up and pick up the model, like you can see that there's something holding up the rocks. Like it's not perfect. There are some different applications that I talked to some other people, um, one of them being uh, Sean Morris of uh, Legion Academy. He had some interesting ideas that I will try in the future when I go and do it to the some next Jedi or, or Sith that I want to do it for. But I think, especially if you're at that tabletop distance and you're, you know, you're not looking for the pins <laughs> or oh, like yeah. what's going on with those rocks, it, it definitely gives the effect that you want it to. It definitely looks like Luke is, you know, really uh, using mm-hmm. that force to, to bring that kind of like intimidation factor to all the troops that he's engaged in combat with. Yeah. It really looks good. I picked it up and looked at it, and I was I was totally amazed. It was really neat because I was part, I was watching that conversation go back and forth when you were trying to figure out what to do, and he used, said, take sprue, and you do all this stuff to it, and da-da-da-da-da, which I had seen the effect of that, and, and the sprue, sprue suggestion is kind of cool because I'm thinking about maybe trying it with something. But uh, yours looked amazingly cool. I, I really enjoyed it because I walked up on it, and all, this, all I saw was the rocks because I was kind of looking down at it. Like you said, you get that that 30,000-foot view of the tabletop, and you're like, oh, that's cool. He's got this. How does he do that? And, you know, you pick it up, and you bring it up to, to – six inches away from your nose and look and go, oh, there's little pins there that you really couldn't see them. I mean, you did a beautiful job on that. It was a cool setup and, and very interesting. I, I love that where he's raising the rocks and he's raising Yoda and stuff and then he just kind of drops them. You know, and, and yeah. you could figure by it at that point in his career where that model actually represents, you know, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. He just picks them up and either throws them or, you know, catches catches bolts with them or whatever the heck he's doing with them. But you did an amazing job on that. That was really cool to see. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. And I guess if I would, 
you know, if I were going to say something to someone else who wants to, you know, do something hobby-wise like that, is just go for it. It might not be perfect. Like, I don't, I don't think my Luke is perfect, but obviously there are some people who really enjoyed what I did with it. And, like, it's your model. Do what you want. I, I might not be 100% happy with it, but I also feel like it does give the desired effect, you know, as long as people, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to win any, what are they called, like, golden demons or whatever those awards are. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Like, I'm not that painter, but, I, I want someone to pick, want to be like, hey, can I can I pick up your Luke and look at it? Like that looks really cool. I want to see how you did that. Like, no, yeah, of course, I want to see those things. Like, I love talking with Ben about you know his conversions and how he did them, and you know, and honestly, I think a lot of people shamelessly steal stuff from other people that they see oh, yeah. because it's cool and I think that's part of the hobby. That's oh, part yeah. of the, Absolutely. you see a cool paint scheme and you're like, oh, I want to do that. Or you see a cool base and you're like, yeah, I want to do my army like that. And, and it's awesome. Go for it. That's Try something it, new. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it makes it cool someone, because, yeah, you stole their idea, but maybe you made it better so when the next time they come around and say, oh, oh, you, you, you stole my idea, you know, kiddingly or otherwise, you're going to go, oh, well, I didn't even think about doing that color, you know, just a, maybe a different shade you know george george lucas got it right and and just to quote the man you know no idea is ever done it's just abandoned because there's so much stuff you you get an idea and you build it and by the time you get it done you look at it you've got six other ideas but you can't do anything with it or maybe you can and you go back and you redo it so like he said you know it's never done it's just you 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 have to abandon it to move on to the next phase of whatever you're doing um, yeah. I, I did another Rex. Uh, my Rex, you know, when when he came out, I'd still, I, was, I was painting him the night I, I got took him home, and I ended up doing one for somebody at the store the other day. And I looked at mine and I said, okay, well that's a flaw. That's a flaw. That's not right. I had to fill in a little bit there because it didn't fit together right, or I didn't put it together right. So the the next one that I made, I mean, it was it was five times better than mine, and I almost wanted to keep it. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, that's somebody else's. You can't do that. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I put the, uh, you were talking about using droid parts, um, you know, at, at the at the clone's feet. I actually took that old Watsy or uh, yeah, was the Wizkid game, the, the old Star Wars game that we were talking oh, about yeah. there, and I used the droids from there because that that their models. I don't know who who quality checked them, but some of the droids are almost as big as as Legion droids. So I I actually use some of those. I just cut their heads up and their bodies in sections and put bullet holes in or laser blasts in them and put them at the at the feet of Rex and some of the other clones, which is a great idea. I mean, and then Ben took it one further. He bought a kit of of, of them and and they're exactly the right size and did them. So it's always cool to see an idea that that you play around with and then see somebody else's take on it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff. Like I mean. My clone troopers are a, a, like a light gray um, and purple because I'm terrified of painting white. I hate it. <laughs> I, it never seems to come out the way that I want it to as much as I try. And, I, like, I've painted stuff for years, and I feel like I, I have a decent, like, tabletop standard, like, paint job that I do. Um, and I just hate white. And you know what? And I was like, I'm going to do gray instead because I just don't want to paint white. And I, I love the way my clone troopers look. It's just, Yeah, they still look do, great. Do you. Like, do whatever you want. Um, that's one thing that I've done with Legion is I've played some other games before where you painted miniatures and I've 
played games, and I'm like, okay, everything has to be canon. It has to be exactly how it would be in the movies or, you know, whatever it might be. Uh-huh. And with Legion, I've done essentially the opposite of that. I've, I'm going to try all these new techniques. My rebels are all done in that uh, urban camo scheme that um, Serestro um, did for FFG that he, you know, had on those, like, painting tutorial. I was like, you know what, I'm going to follow his tutorial and and see what I can do. Is is it as good as his paint job? No, but I I did camo. (laughs) And then, um, you know, when I went to paint my fleet troopers, I did them in a a more black and white kind of camo. Um, So it very much like just try whatever you want i mean it might be blasphemous to talk about it on you know any kind of star wars podcast whatever but one of my favorite things and i laughed so hard the first time i saw it was very early on in legion i saw somebody post on the internet he had his squad of stormtroopers and the stormtrooper leader was yellow the the heavy weapon was blue and then all of the basic stormtroopers were all red and I'm like, you just did, you have a Star Trek right there. Like, yeah. you have your commander in gold, you have your like specialist in blue, and you have all your red shirts that want to die in red. Like, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And of course, you know, you're mixing fandoms there, whatever. But that's right. the kind of stuff. Like, do you? It's hilarious. You like, see the I Power love... Rangers, the Power Ranger ones in, in X-wing. Everybody used to paint their ships in, in Power Ranger colors. Yeah. You know, so if you had five X-Wings, you had a pink one, you had a blue one, you had a yellow one, you had a green one, and, you know, you either had a black or, or whatever, the leader or whatever, you know, faction of, of those guys that, that, you know, movie or comic book or whatever, you know, if it was a black Power Ranger or the green one or the white one or whatever. But, you know, everybody does their own thing. And it's cool when you get out on a board and, and you look across and you're going, oh, they're playing clones. But, you know, your clones are, 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 kind of standard or whatever but then you look at theirs and they've got all kinds of just odd colors like your 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 gray and your purples that's cool i thought it was cool when the arcs came out that they were doing umbry from battlefront 2 with, yeah. with the arcs yeah the they, umbra they're, they're black yeah. umbra with the black and the, the orange and that's amazingly cool to see because you know i don't i don't play console games i don't I just don't, and I can't play on the computer because we live out in the boonies. So <clears throat> I was like, what in the hell are those things? Where did those come into canon? You know, and I started looking through books, and I got to looking, and I finally I saw it from, on Battlefront. I was like, oh, that's so cool that somebody actually took an idea from a video game. You know, yeah. that, that, that I didn't know because I, I pride myself on knowing Star Trek or Star Wars, you know, history and everything oh, else. You he know. slipped everybody point. I did. I slipped. <laughs> I, I used that Trek word, which was funny because Paul threw me off because I'm thinking, I'd never saw those stormtroopers like that. I'm going to go look for those when I get home. Mm-hmm. But, um, that's the cool thing about the hobby uh, aspect of the game. You can do what you want. And as long as, you know, you tell somebody this is, this is such and such. And, and they agree to it, which, you know, I've never seen anybody say, no, you can't use, you know, your, your, your ugly freaking stormtroopers or whatever, because that's just not the people that we deal with. You know, everybody in this, this community, for the most part, are, are great. We've, we've got a great community here. Bob, speaking of the, uh, the, the video, like you were saying, like, oh yeah, I don't get to play the video games. I will say it was kind of weird to hear you say Gideon and Delmico. Because they're from the Battlefront 2 campaign. And I was just like, man, it was actually weird to hear those names come out of Bob's mouth because I know he didn't play that. <laughs> no, that, my, my exposure to that is the book. Yep. Um, that's where I learned those guys. And then my my brand new son-in-law, hello, Shaughnessy, congratulations for marrying my daughter. Um, 
I was sitting at, at his house one night, and he pulled out Battlefront 2, and, and I got to watch him play Aiden when she was a rebel, and I got to watch Del Miko die. Spoiler. Um, at you can't say spoiler after the fact. Yeah, I know, I can't. <laughs> um, you know, I watched Gideon Hass do it, and, and it was like, oh, well, everybody knew Hass was going to be an a-hole. But it was kind of sad to watch him being old, but I actually got to see that playthrough, so I, I kind of see what was going on, and I really wish they'd make Aiden for, for Rebels. I think that would be really cool to see that version of her. But, um, yeah, so that's my exposure to that. The book was amazing, by the way. If, if you ever get a chance to read it and then you haven't, go get it. It's awesome. It really it's was. It's called Inferno Squadron. So. Yeah. The other, the other thing was the seeing the Umbra and, like, seeing them come from the video game to the to the thing. Believe it or not, I've actually taken inspiration from squadrons now. So they have different skins for the rebel pilots and the, uh, and the imperial pilots. And they have, uh, and they have what I'm, what I'm going for with my imperial pilot, which are these like, God, I can't, I can't remember their name now, but they're like, they're like mid-rim monarch over, overturners or whatever. And they have like these slightly purple jumpsuits and then their helmets have purple eyes and oh, the, sweet. The, and the imperial logo on their helmets are gold and I'm like I don't know how much more Ben this color scheme can get so like when I paint one of my squads of ISF I'm painting them up like them because that's going to be so much fun I'm going to love painting that that's going to be a that's going to be a blast that will be cool looking I'll, I can't wait to see those Paul if you got a you got any other hobby stuff you're working on or. Oh man, I I think that's about it for me. Uh, my hobby comes and goes right now. So, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, oh, actually, I think my uh, I think I think I think my card order's finally done. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go pick oh, those up real quick. Time. Give me a sec. Well, <clears throat> well, it's been good talking to you, Paul. Even though I just saw you two days ago, um, I'm glad you make it make it down here to play at our store. We enjoy having you. Um, people learn a lot from you. You're uh, you're very helpful, and it's very cool. Um, and you're a good player, so it's fun to watch you beat the hell out of Ben every once in a while. <laughs> it's it's fun that. playing. Down. <laughs> it's fun playing down there, and uh, you know, maybe uh, we can get a game of Sabakin with these new cards that you guys have. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. Trust me, I'm, I'm willing. I'm I'm all ready to bust these out right now. Yeah. 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 We need some fuel for the for the ship and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm willing to earn it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So very good. Well, well, good seeing you, and uh, that's cool that we ended up in the same spot at the same time for uh, two times in, in a short time of period. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, it's not too long before we see each other again. Well, I'm sure we'll see each other next month at Atomic. I'm sure you'll you'll be down for that. We'll be yeah, we'll Paul, be throwing what, some. What brought you What brought you to this game store today? You know, uh, just little odds and ends that. Needed to pick up. I feel like he's I feel like he's hiding something, Bob. What do you think? I bet he, he's probably scoping out the competition. So that's how he's so good. He probably stands and watches people. He's hiding are, something. Un, I, I see he's hiding something under his cape there. Let's uh, let's, let's not let's let's not play Sabak with him maybe today. He's probably got something up his sleeve. I bet he does. All right, Paul. We're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna let you go then. We're gonna go we're gonna go earn our fuel back and uh, and and get going. Get back home. Well, safe travels, guys. Safe travels to you. May the force be with you, bud. Force be with you. you. All right, Bob. I say we. uh, I say we wrap this one up. You got any? uh, You got any final thoughts? 
Um, no, just just be good to each other. Remember, it's just a game. Have some fun. Roll some dice. Don't get in screaming matches with anybody because uh, we're all here for the same reasons. Have a good time. Oh, I do have one. I do have one thing. Uh huh. You want, you want to talk about those uh, those sweet uh, all third cards? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I had some time the other day because uh, we had to we had to stop at a uh, repair shop because the ship had some damage to it. Um. And uh while we were doing that, I was sitting and I did some drawing and uh that Captain Rex guy that I, I seem to like a lot, we've made some uh, alternate art cards with it. He's got his own card with some of my card art on it. And then uh it's got our Dice Time logo on the back. So if we ever do get to start going to conventions or whatever, uh we'll be bringing some cards around. We uh we plan on doing three different sets. We're gonna we we just got our first one, which was our Captain Rex. Um <clears throat> and then I've got a uh a shore trooper one that I'm wanting to put out next. I've got to get that done. Uh, there's a girl, Cards by Cammy, um, who set up the the Rex card for me. I wanted it portrait instead of landscape, and she did an awesome job. She's out there on Facebook, and uh, she, she's she been putting out some alternate art cards uh, out there, too. Just look her up out there. Uh, does a really great job. She she took took what I sent her and, and cut it down and made it fit, and we went and got the cards made locally. But um, she'll actually make your cards for you. Um, but she did a really good job. She got our Dice Time logo on the back, and, and we're good to go. So, like I said, we'll be doing some Shore Troopers. Uh, I'm going to do a Sabine card for, for Ben because that's his favorite. And we'll get those out when we hit the uh, convention circuit, hopefully sometime soon next year. Hopefully. Hopefully. I, I, I miss it. I'll say there's still a small chance. It's, it's a small chance that I might swing LVO. I don't know if I'll play, but I might just go. Which rhymed. And so on that note, we should probably end it here because it's not going to get much better than that. I don't think it is. So thanks, everyone, so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, we're going to go We're gonna go earn some money and uh, we'll play, see some you games, next month. play some totally fair games with, with, totally with custom games. cards. Totally. totally. Not totally marked. Fair. Not yeah. marked at all. No, no. It's no, just, just got that smile on the back design. of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just winking with that left eye. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> She's not holding numbers or anything. That's no, just, not at all. They're, they're, they're perfectly legal. You guys all have right. a nice time. Yep, have a nice time, everybody, and uh, go Stay out and safe. make today even better. <laughs>